podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's the kid, Double H, half hope. We do the podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter at Talking Tactics. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Um, and we do have a Patreon. So if you want to help mm. the podcast out monetarily, um, three dollars a month, you get access to the back catalog that we've been doing for is it two years now? Yeah, I think so. So that's like a hundred podcasts of many different varieties. And if you feel like listening to them, you know, three dollars a month, small subscription, you get access to just a lot. So I encourage everybody to check that out. I think we got one last week, so I need one more person. So who are you? Who are you out there, man? That 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 has money that feels like doing a nice Christmas deed. So is this one more person to to what? To oh to to become a patron. But so, like, so is this to make it to how many? Is it like a specific goal that we reach if one more person comes, or just one your, more person? The, the, the goal is one new person every week. Yeah, so, man. All right, come on, come on, guys. Patreon, man. We we we, we talk we talk about race. Okay, there you go. <laughs> If 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 that isn't a, a, a great thing, if that's nothing else, well, we talk about racism. I don't know. So just yeah. just 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 somebody out there, help us out, man. Yeah. Man, go All right. So let's let's get into this week's show. Unless have hope, you got something coming out this week that the people should know, like previews Bro, or it's Champions League week, man. So obviously, you know, I've, 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 those previews are going to drop very soon, man. So keep your eyes peeled out of football hot previews. And, and also, there's there's something I'm 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 working on that I'm just trying to you know. <laughs> And make sure that it all comes through, but you know, all all will be told in in due course. Believe that, believe that, believe that. All right, so let's let's start out. You see, like the the tendency on this podcast is normally to start out in England, but let's flip yes. it. This week. thank you. Okay, fucking oh, oops, <laughs> flipping, <laughs> flipping queen, Premier queen, League, uh, flipping Premier League merchants. Uh, the Queen Lizzie. Uh. So I, I went on the the One Football app. Oh, they should sponsor us, by the way. Yeah. Um, Cut the check. <laughs> and one of the stories that, that kind of broke early today was Zidane laments effed up Eden Hazard situation. So, you know, he says Hazard is very strong and he has always shown that in his time and he's always shown that in his time here. It's just one more injury for him and it's a up situation for him and for us. Um, it didn't happen to him a lot before his before in his career, and now this. But he'll come back stronger. Um, but it is also happening to many clubs. We have to move on with it. It isn't a psychological problem because I have no doubts about the player he is. So, Zidane has kind of reached. I don't know. It doesn't sound like a breaking point as yet, but he's kind of clued that you know Hazard something's wrong in a sense. You know, just the the compounding of injuries um, that have happened in the past 18 months has been kind of abnormal in a sense considering what we knew about Hazard with Chelsea he would be fa- he was the most fouled player for seasons um, mm. in the Premier League but I guess I don't know maybe he was young and he could bounce back from them or they, they were just you know little nicks here or there now it seems like you know big injuries ankle surgeries and all of this kind of stuff so um what do you think the prognosis is for Real Madrid, considering Hazard was meant to be kind of the bridge between Ronaldo era and whatever new project Galacticos Part 3 that Perez no doubt had in mind. Hazard was meant to be the bridge. 
and it seems the bridge is broken. Can I ask you something? Yes, you can. Why do people enjoy Eden Hazard's injuries? Where there's almost a sense of glee and satisfaction in saying, oh, another injury, zero goals like that, what a failure, he has failed. Because my thing is, a guy wants to play and an injury is something you can't prevent. So what is the logic in people's satisfaction that a player keeps on getting injured and his livelihood is being pretty much hampered? Okay, not say livelihood because you're still going to get get paid, but the fact that you cannot at least attempt to fulfill your dream of being a Real Madrid star is being hampered by something that is completely out of your hands. If you're playing badly, bro, that's on you. But if you just keep on getting injured and injured, that is out of your hands. But why do people take such satisfaction and enjoyment out of a man's constant injuries? That's what I want to know. Is it... Okay, I... I think you're. I think your question's right in a sense, knowing what I know about football, Twitter, and all that kind of stuff. Like, obviously, there are going to be some people who enjoy the kind of misery of others, especially. I don't know. You know that you know how anonymity or just being anonymous online just kind of gives you the power to say anything and do anything. Mm-hmm. So there are people who would never celebrate an injury in real life because it would be seen as societally awkward or deviant. Mm. But because they can have like, you know, uh, messy three five seven eight nine six on their uh, what's it called <laughs> Twitter handle, and they don't have to put their real name and the, the, their email address isn't even their real email address. Whatever messed up thoughts they have in their mind, they could just come out and say it, and there's no real ramification. Maybe Twitter might suspend you if you go too far, but you mm. can just make a new email account and you're back on Twitter. So. In fact, it's probably in Twitter's best interest to ban people. So then they make new accounts and come back and it looks like, hey, we've had, you know, uh, a growth in subscribers over the past month. Like, <laughs> like they probably enjoy that to an extent. So I think you're dealing with that if, in, in, in part, especially if, if, you're, if you're thinking about uh, social media in a way. Um, for people who don't, who aren't anonymous and who just like it i wonder if that's just more what you see on a weekly basis because of how hard you rolled for eden hazard oh no oh no, oh no but you see okay i look at my mentions mm-hmm. and then i then um type hazard on on twitter and i then go onto instagram so yes 100 percent. the stuff i see in my mentions yeah guys i say also please psa can you please effing stop um mentioning me and tagging me in a hazard stuff that's really annoying please thank you <laughs> but when i go onto the main timeline people just sort of are like man what a failure hazard injured again blah blah okay some people say okay this guy can't catch a break but it's like because i'm gonna get onto the whole hazard injury thing but i don't want just to put that out that i find it odd that there is a sense of enjoyment in Oh, no, a guy I, constantly getting injured and sort of failing. Because basically, like this: people are drawn to failure and negativity. We want to see the a man fall. People are attracted to the fall rather than to see the rise and the success. So the whole thing of like, I didn't have that. Touted as this big thing. Come to Real Madrid. Oh my gosh, zero goals in 365 days. Token Hazard is the real Hazard. Another injured again. This is the worst signing of all time. 
people are more attracted to that than oh he he came he bolted oh yeah whatever so <laughs> hazard is the real hazard yeah <laughs> okay so again, no, no, no. again but no i i think just to to make it a sentence i don't think you should use twitter as the barometer in which to judge how people generally feel about it and hazard because twitter is its own kind of ecosystem and it has its own rules that aren't necessarily the rules of wider society. Put it that way. Okay. So on the whole Zidane thing, man, 100% like Zidane must feel extremely frustrated. And I'm so happy that he even swore because it's like, damn it. (laughs) And Mm. it's like, if if fully fit Eden Hazard is a different Real Madrid, that's a fact. And the fact is that even when he's played, you can see a player who's, who, who isn't comfortable. And he who isn't comfortable that I will come through this game unscathed. Now, people have said that the... I don't know who it was, but someone said online that it was the Mounier challenge on Hazard that has caused this. Mm. Because ever since that Mounier challenge, these injuries have sort of just to rack up. So for Zidane, he has never had a fully fit Hazard that you saw for Chelsea, Belgium, and so forth. Because if you have that, it's a different Real Madrid. And you can see that Real Madrid are screaming and yearning for that kind of explosive superstar player. Benzema is, does what he does. Ramos what's, does what he does. Modric, Casimir, and so forth, they all play their roles. But Cristiano was that guy. This is the guy that's going to get us the, the goals. Hazard was supposed to be, this is going to be our playmaker, creator that makes things happen, that also gets us our, our goals, and maybe form a partnership with a, a Benzema. You've, they've never had that. They've had glimpses, but they've never really had that. So for Zidane, is like, this person that I, I really banked on just seems to not catch a break. And it's like, if you're in Zidane's shoes, you're like, man, F, man, F it. <laughs> this is madness. Because it's one thing if, okay, I got the star player and he's just breaking it. I'm like, oh. But he's injured and he's just getting injured. So he, he, he's not even had an opportunity to fail. Mm. At least let him fail on his own time. Let him fail on the field. Boom. But he's not even had an opportunity to fail because of the injuries. You know? And no hazard. It's going to really hamper Real Madrid because for me Real didn't win La Liga last season Barcelona lost it they lost it because Barcelona are going on an incredible decline (laughs) all credit to Real Madrid because a win is a win they mathematically they won they got more points than Barcelona but it's felt if we look look at it it's just beyond just maths and just any footballing philosophical sense Barcelona lost that title and they gave up if it was the Barcelona that we knew they win all those games and then they win La Liga, you know. So that Real Madrid winning was like, okay, yeah, you won it, but that still isn't an argument that you you don't buy any new players, you don't revamp this entire team, you don't replace players who are past it, you don't replace a Marcelo, you don't re- re- replace or have like an understudy for a Modric and a, and a Casemiro. You know, you have you have to just replace this team because Vinicius, Rodrigo, uh, nah, sorry. <laughs> They're not saying it's Vinicius. It's cool. He can, he can do his whole things. Guys lacking like a football IQ. Rod Rodrigo, ain't it? Ain't it? So Real Madrid, who is the who is the superstar, spectacular player that they have? They don't. They don't have one. They don't have one. It's like their center back, and that shouldn't be really the. <laughs> shouldn't be. 
no, no. <laughs> it's like yo ramos is our guy it's like mm. but, no but like, it's, that's it's, cool but that shouldn't necessarily be like the like thing, really the, the see benzema is very good and i think benzema is a truly truly exceptional footballer a truly exceptional footballer but he isn't you need that glitz and glamour you need the the glamour cristiano he represented that. Give me the chance that ball is entering that net. <laughs> Just give me an opportunity. I will put that ball inside that net. Now, Hazard isn't that. But Hazard, you see, that's the whole thing. It was, it's hard to be a Hazard and. Mm. It can't just be a hazard boom. You see, you can you can just bring Cristiano and that's it. Have a few pieces, but just because he brings you so much gold, you can just have that. Hazard doesn't bring you the kind of goals that Cristiano brings you. He brings you a lot of different elements, but it has to be Hazard, and you've got to go to go, go to an, 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 another guy there as well. But also as well, Zidane's stubbornness. Hazard has to be a number ten for this for this particular team. He has to, and I think that you see, I say this, but what if Hazard doesn't get all these injuries? He got into Real Madrid, was fully fit, fully con- con- conditioned, was in, in good shape. Maybe if you play him on the left, he still does great things. But every time I see Hazard play for Real Madrid, it doesn't look like the Hazard for Belgium or the Hazard for Chelsea. It just looks like a guy that is very hesitant and is playing very safe. Zidane wouldn't say- be willing to, to stop 4-3-3 for that, though. Well, at least maybe not now, right? Because like, over the past 18 months, who's been more effective? For Real Madrid, <laughs> Modric, who I think would be the one to come out, or Hazard. I don't even think that's it's not even a question, really. Mm. So yeah. how 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 could Zidane justify going four two three one so Hazard can play number ten, but then you have to take out either Cruz because you're not going to take out Casemiro, mm. or Modric. You can't really do that. I don't think you can try, but it's not going to like. What do you mean Modric isn't playing? I know he's thirty five, but. Mm. He's no, no not, but he's, he's been playing he's, well. He's been playing well. He's not well. offering, or Hazard isn't offering to the team what Modric can. So, no, but but see, this is no, see, this is where you now have to make a big boy decision. Because if it's me, bro, I've got to, I've got to make a big boy decision. My my big boy decision is that one of you, either Modric or Cruz, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to be sacrificed because <laughs> because I feel that. Um, the word sacrifice is funny. <laughs> no, 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 because because I feel that I picture now... them in like a boiling pot. <laughs> yeah, because have you seen Indiana Jones? I think so. I've I've seen the one with Sean Connery. No, 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 no. What's it called? It's um, I think it's King Solomon's Mines. Have you, have you seen that with Alan Quatermain? I think so. Whether in this big my my, pot. my my dad used to watch that. Whether in this big pot and everything, that's just what I think. When you say the money, but they're like this big pot sort of stuff, man. I've not watched that thing in ages, man. But yeah, like they're in Africa, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and he has to he has to go meet like the chief. And, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man! Oh lord! Okay, wow. Okay, look. So basically, so so my thing is that you do you can you do forty three one. You make you make the the sacrifice, and for me, Esco simply can't play out wide. You have to put him in that number 10 position. And I think that maybe the Hazard Benzema, that is a potential partnership that can be very interesting. Mm. And if you just had a 4 no. 2 3 one way where you put him in that hole, Mm-mm. that could be very interesting. Who's who's the goal scorer? Benzema. So you need... 
Like, is Benzema capable of getting you 40, 50 goals in a season? No. Hazard surely isn't. No. Hazard's more like a 15 and 15, 20, yeah, 20 kind of guy. 15 max, 15 max, 15 max. Benzema seems like a 25 and 10 kind of guy. Yeah, 20 to 25. <laughs> so they don't, but see, that the cheat code for Madrid was having a guy that you knew was going to get 50 to 60 goals in a season. That's mm. the cheat code. Like a, a goal every game, at least. He scored more goals than games he played in. They, they, Cristiano. <laughs> you don't replace that. You, it's, it's, it's impossible it's to impossible. replace that. It's impossible. So that's that's why I think you, it was key when you said it was Hazard and. So you have the facilitator, the creator, playmaker. But then you need the guy to score. Because mm. one of the things that's annoyed me, and I think I've probably said this many times on the podcast, at least when he was playing for Chelsea, is Hazard is not a greedy player. Mm-mm. He's Mm-mm. a he makes the right footballing decision ten times out of ten, even if it's to your own frustration. Where you would think, why would you pass it to Morata? Why would you pass it to William? You're in the best, uh, uh, you're in the best position to take advantage for yourself. We know the quality that you have. Why would you defer to a lesser player? But he's he an anti Robin, anti Robin. But he thinks it's almost like a kind of LeBron James kind of thing. You're like, uh, <laughs> why why would you pass to Danny Green? When the you're clutch gene, the clutch gene. <laughs> but in LeBron's mind, he knows. Okay, there's a better chance Danny Green makes this open three than me driving to the hoop. Now, for us, we think, bro, you're six eight. Just do what you have to do. But he's like, nope, I'm making the right basketball play. Yeah. Eden Hazard is the same way. Like, the amount of times he passed to Morata <laughs> made me want to pull my hair out. <laughs> Not that I had any to pull out, but and, 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 it was and, 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 just like, come on, man, just shoot it for yourself. You don't have to make a struggle like this or make me suffer. But that's what he does. So if when he goes to Madrid, that's kind of what Benzema was having to do for Cristiano in a different kind of sense, where I'm sure Benzema might want to shoot, but he thinks, yo, Ronaldo's right there. Let me just pass it, and you know they they. They ran the team through Ronaldo, but now over the past two seasons or so, Benzema's kind of had to up his 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 level in terms of offensive output and mean goal scoring output in a sense. But you would actually, if you bring Hazard, you would need another guy. Maybe I know people might say Haaland, people might say Mbappe, people might say whomever it is. But you need the guy, the greedy guy, the greedy bastard, who even if five people are open, mm. I'm gonna try to dribble this guy and shoot for myself. A Robin, in a sense. Is, but, is, just, is, uh, but, but just a more prolific version. Is it, you know what the, 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 it's key that you say that. Because do you know what the problem with Real Madrid is? They are playing as if Cristiano is still in the team. Because they're still playing in the way of where, aha, at the end of the day, boom. Somebody's there to bail us, yeah. But it's like, no. like Hence why once Cristiano left, you've got to totally restructure and rebuild how the team plays on a because this because the team is still sort of creating opportunities and chances but it's creating them in a way where you know that this guy when you give it to him he's going to cut it and he's going to shoot he's going to shoot 500 times a, a, a game because all he cares about is i'm trying to score benzema is trying to play isco is trying to play rodrigo is trying to play christian is just trying to he's not trying to play he's trying to score and and, and this is so, why i brought up at the beginning it's why i brought up the bridge right hmm. Because when Ronaldo leaves, I'm, I'm sure Perez and Zidane are maybe... Well, I don't know Zidane. Zidane left and came back, right? So maybe maybe, maybe they're looking at it like, we, we need somebody here that's going to kind of fill in the gaps. And maybe you think Hazard, he'll chip in and create enough to where that makes up a percentage. 
but that can't be everything. But then imagine you just take out Hazard completely. Not from him playing badly or whatever, but just injuries. And, mm. you know, and it's hard when you are injured a lot to then bed yourself into a new team, a new country, a new way of thinking, all of that kind of stuff. So he's just been set back majorly. Um, but I just wonder what their plan was and whether or not that plan has to change considering we can't really rely on Hazard into his, I think he's going to be 31 or 30 in January so I, I want I, I just wonder what their plan is and Zidane's tone at least off the page seems I don't know just kind of down in the dumps like when you when you get the manager to swear like this is a up situation <laughs> I'm sure he's just thinking like, man, I would have loved to have Hazard as a piece of what we're building moving forward, but I wonder now, can he be? So, anyway. Messi got fined if we stay in Spain. or at least fined? Bar- I think Barcelona are being fined because of Messi's Maradona celebration or tribute. Um, he took off the Barcelona shirt and he had on the Newell's Old Boys number 10 Mm-hmm. And apparently that was some violation that you're not supposed to do or whatever it was. Um, so they were fined. So, yeah. But I'm, he'll pay it, I'm sure, right? Oh, 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 so basically, yes, I think if you show anything, you get fined? or Because I thought you get fined if, let's say, you show like a political message or something. I think it was, it's probably something to do with like sponsorships or something like that, mm. but... I read it early this morning and I've forgotten, but I just remembered that Barca were in trouble for it and that they'll be fine. But what did you think about... I'll I'll find it, but what what did you think about Messi's tribute? It was almost like... (laughs) Like, uh, his goal was like, I had to score. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, I have this shirt on underneath my shirt. I am not not scoring, so I will score. So, that makes me... Do you know, that raises something very interesting. (laughs) Because... You've talked about how Messi... Because, see, I didn't watch the, the game, but everyone's... Because I saw the goal, and everyone said that that's like Messi's best performance this season. <laughs> so my thing is that I've seen Messi walk, skulk, drag his feet, sort of coming in and out of games. But maybe he was like, oh, this Maradona thing, everybody is watching. I'm not, I'm not only am I going to ball, I'm going to score, and I'm going to score a damn good, good, good goal. <laughs> So as well as he actually had made a concerted effort to really try and actually show us things. So is this an argument to say that he is purposefully waiting till January so he can sign a pre-contract with Pep Guardiola <laughs> and is just whiling out the, the days, doing the bare minimum until he can now finally just get the heck out of this whole Barca mess? Or am I being disingenuous? Like... This Messi's been in him the whole time. He's yeah. just not... He's, that's he's, the healer. He just, he just took his foot off the gas. But when he needs yeah, to yeah, put yeah. his foot on the gas, because I have this Maradona trivia I need to get off. Yeah. Watch I'll do, just I could watch. just go, go crazy. <laughs> just watch. Actually, that's actually... That's even much... That's that's even, like, scarier. So okay, just... Okay, this is, this is from The Independent. It doesn't give a reason why. Um... It says Barca will be fined 3,000 euros for Messi's tribute to Maradona after scoring in the win over Osasuna. 3,000? The Argentine revealed a Newell's Old Boys shirt with both players previously featuring for the Rosario Club. So, it doesn't give a reason why, though. 
So it must have just been part of their the, oh, their, their ruling. Um, the celebration contravened the rules of the Royal Spanish Football Federation, with the Can- Catalan club set to receive a fine. So something about the Spanish FA probably you shouldn't wear some foreign club's shirt or maybe something like that. Who knows? But um, yeah, okay. Do you, you know we let's let's talk about Maradona at the end. Mm. Cause I feel like that's that that would be better to end the podcast on. So let's let's leave it for later. We don't need to get into it right now. Griezmann's goal. Did you see it coming? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, maybe his 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 daughter did. You know, maybe his daughter did. So you know, it's maybe... funny. It's like <laughs> whenever Griezmann does it, when 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 Hazard does something well, I go check your page. <laughs> When Griezmann does something well, I also go check it. <laughs> so like Wait, when why? when when because it's like okay, was this so good that Half Hope won't have anything but to say? But damn, that was good. And when I went to look, it was like damn, that's a good goal or something to that effect. So so that's how I knew like there's it's it's beyond reproach at that point. So no no no, that's has to be one of the best goals that he has scored. That's it. That that was a incredible. Crazy goal. Um, that was a crazy. I mean, that's what's just the the technique used. The I mean, I was just a crazy. Do you think goal. moments like that can help him? I don't know, just amalgamate or assimilate into the team, or do you think are those like more uh, one-off moments that it's, yeah, it's brilliant, but nothing it's more one-off. will come from no, it? Because my thing is like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what what an Osasuna is. I don't mean to be rude. I don't know what an Osasuna is. I don't, I don't know what what that is specifically. Somebody needs to tell me. And what, he, hold on, pause. What is a Huesca? <laughs> and Hazard had that goal against Huesca, didn't he? That was a damn common left foot top goal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, but see, no, my thing is, um, <laughs> he's got a very good goal against Villarreal mm-hmm. where he chipped the keeper, but then what did he do afterwards? So for me, it was like, look, they just ripped Osasuna a, a new one. And so forth. So for me, I don't think it tells me enough. What will tell me more is, can you keep on doing it? Can you do it in big games? Can you score a winning goal? Can you score an, a key equalizer? Is that stuff? I still, for me, it's not changed. That nothing there shows me that for a prolonged period of time, Messi and Griezmann can coexist on the same team. This, nothing has shown me yet that Griezmann and Messi can actually truly coexist and work together because you can do that against an Osasuna can you do that against an, an Atletico a Sociedad a Real Madrid a Liverpool a Bayern Munich you know far tougher teams far more difficult teams you know teams that's you know are good. because my thing is this is that like for me I really believe that Barcelona are still suffering from PTSD from what Bayern Munich did to them it's like that's bully that you keep on seeing it in school and you, and you try to avoid, that's what Bayern is for Barcelona. Isn't, it's, isn't this compounded, though? If you add first Roma, then Liverpool, then Barcelona, maybe it's not just the one thing, but the accumulation no, no. of hits. Those were bad. Bayern Munich was lights out. Like, like, like that was a Lara Croft thing. What does you know, that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's just that the it's just such an interesting insert. They got rated. They got rated, or like maybe that's maybe, what you mean. Basically, it's a, it's a, it's a Lara. They they got Lara crafted by well, Barney. Okay, how how would I put this? Like you, you you know when like um 
a fighter's not necessarily knocked out, but they just get the the the. What happened to Robinson? Let's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Oh. I hadn't seen the the Simba meme in so long that the way they had Simba on it, I was so dead. <laughs> wait, did we? Did you see him like in the in in the logo in the NBA logo? <laughs> nah, I didn't. See oh him. god. <laughs> but anyway, like, like, I, what, what's in my mind? It's like TKO versus knockout, basically. So yeah. I'm 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 wondering: is this um, if 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 your deduction is correct? Is it more TKO or a knockout, like a pure knockout? So, what like, do you mean? Is, is 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 it the accumulation of punches and the referees like no more, or is it Bayern actually came through and hit and hit them with like the a punch to end all punches? Is what I wonder. But oh no 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 no, Bayern, no that was a punch to end all because that is a one off game where you just got totaled. You know, because at the end of the, the day, at the end of the day, that Liverpool game was four three. What, what have a which, at the end of the. Which which was the season where Messi got on the mic? Was it that the was Liverpool, Liverpool season? Liverpool season, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is which which is why that CCC that you could argue was really what was the one that really probably broke That's what Messi. I'm saying. Like it's like they stagger him and then okay, uh, Bayern come with like the punch that just knocks them out. But it's like they were already a wounded fighter. Yeah, you, you, no, yes, yes. Yes. The guy got yes. on the mic and said, "We're bringing back Champions League." <laughs> they're up three nil, and then boom, 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 boom. And, and, and no, no, because the key thing is that that was Messi was having a crazy season. Because I said that if Barcelona went to win the Champions League, it would be the greatest individual effort that I'd ever seen in a domestic season ever. Because Messi was going ham that season, where he was literally single-handedly dragging these guys to a CL. Now, if he was on the mic and it was Bayern. Then I then I would accept the argument that it was Bayern that crushed them, but I, I feel like it was two seasons ago. But you anyway. know, no, but but just I think like don't know, just that's Bayern thing. It's like seven one. Brazil will never recover from that until they win the World Cup. I don't care about Copa America. That seven one is such <laughs> a time. Basically, no, it's so bad. It's so bad that Brazil have to beat Germany in a World Cup for them to recover from from seven one. I believe Barcelona have to beat Bayern Munich in the in a Champions League knockout to recover from that nightmare in Lisbon, the Lisbon nightmare. All right, let's 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 talk about Syria. Um, oh. Did you did you pay attention at all? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Inter yeah, yeah. played. Juve couldn't beat Benevento. Um, who did Milan play? They Can played. We, oh, no, 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 no. Stop, stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Benevento. <laughs> Do you know they have the worst combination of colors? I think in football, man, it's like. Do you know what's funny about about Benevento? You know, whenever I play management games, I always like to pick like really crap, crap teams. I think one time because I always like to have like a challenge, you know, avoid relegation, and I build a team from scratch. Benevento were one of the teams I used back in the day. But I was like, you know, this because like, we say like avoid relegation. You have like two, twenty thousand to spend. Everyone is is, is garbage. So yeah, that's that's I know of Benevento. Yeah, they're, they're, it's like red and yellow. I'm just like, nah, man. <laughs> just pick red and white, yellow, white. You don't have to put them to. They're, they're like McDonald's or something like. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what happened in the game? How good is Morata really? <sighs> He's having one of his best seasons. 
as a striker in terms of the amount of goals that he's here scoring, the key goals that he's scoring. But this guy lives offside. See, my thing is this as Morata, you're a grown man. How can you at this age still not know what the offside rule is? <laughs> like, that's I mean, come on, man. That's I think that's part of his I don't know, it's just it's just how he plays. No, no, it's no, just, no, 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 Dad, there it's is, just, well, no, see, that, like, no, 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 I have not known any striker who is as offside as this guy. Well, there are some strikers who like you you'll you'll be watching the build up play and you're like, okay, and so, so, some people tend to watch the ball, and maybe like when you're a kid, that's normally what you do. You just follow the ball, right? I, by the time you're like 20, maybe, I would hope that more people aren't just following the ball. They're actually like looking at the TV screen or looking at the pitch and finding different things. And one of the things that annoys me the most when I'm watching a football match is a midfielder will have the ball, mm-hmm. and the striker, who's had he's been offside for like 10 seconds, right? And he knows, I probably need to get onside, but he just stays there because he's assuming that the defensive line will drop backwards and then they'll make him onside. And that's just a tendency that you see that some strikers have. They're just always offside, just hoping that the defensive line will drop back. I'll be onside, I'll be on the last shoulder, use my pace or something good will happen. Morata does that, but it's like he's just like a second or two off in stepping forward. And it's 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 annoying. Like I understand it, but it's just one of those things where just like just just be a little bit more aware and you'd score maybe 10 goals or 15 goals more in a season? Bashawai does it. That shit, he, that annoys me the most, by the way. He's, he's oh. another one of those guys, bro. Oh, 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 you mean always offside? Yes. He's just always, he stands offside intentionally because mm. he's trying to drag the center yeah, backs yeah, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. But they don't come. You're not that good, man. So they're not going to no. follow you. You're not Drogba. Basi- no, basically, my thing is that it's about you have to um, train yourself mm. to be a bit more disciplined in timing your movements. A guy that is... No, obviously, you'll always get a few offsides, 100%. But when you're not getting offsides to this extent... Five, six a game. Yeah. You're you're doing something wrong. You are rushing things and you're being far too eager. Because obviously, because you're playing with such fine margins, you want to play on the shoulder because if you time it right, that's the, 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 the difference between either not getting that ball or finding yourself in a 1v1 situation, which is what Torres, Peak Torres did so well. Because Torres was great at movement, hence why he always found himself in 1v1 situations. So for Morata, man, you just have to train yourself better and you just have to be able to discipline yourself um, in being able to um, make those runs. But you know what's funny, though? I don't know whether Pielo said this after the Champions League game or after this game. It might have been after the Champions League game. He actually came out and he said that he was actually critical of Arthur, saying that, man, Arthur, you know, he, he, he was making way too many sideways passes. That's bad. <laughs> for one of the best midfielders of all time to be critical of you as a midfielder. Mm. That's bad. Because <laughs> he's watching. <laughs> yeah, especially he's watching because that's and that is one position that he knows better than any position. Right. And when he comes and says that nah man, you've you you're just passing sideways, you're playing trash. That's see if if like Villas Boas or Mourinho said they're like, eh, okay, yeah, what? And <laughs> so Um okay, I don't think it's fair that we can talk about Milan because of Ibra. 
every week and be like, mm-hmm. oh man, they're playing, Milan are playing well, they're playing well because of Ibra. But then we don't mention them when they play well when he's not there. So yeah. um, Milan played Fiorentina, they won 2 0. And this was Sans Ibrahimovic. So yeah. if they can play well without the guy that's getting their goals, I think that bodes well for them moving into the season. Again, I, I'm still shading this towards Juventus, right? Because I no no I need to no, see it to Daniel, believe it. Use, no, Daniel, use logic. Why would you bet against a team that have won in nine times in a row? That's what I'm saying. I need to I need to see it to believe yeah. it. I'm a, I'm a doubting Thomas. You know, show me the the nails but, in his hands before I believe it. But, okay, but okay, but let me present an argument. By the way, you wouldn't put the nails in the hands. You'd put them in the wrists because the hands would tear. So all of those drawings with the holes in the hands, in the, hands. the artists, you're getting but, but, it wrong. But wasn't so? Wasn't that how? Wasn't that how Jesus was crucified? That's what Did I'm talking them? about. Oh, oh, see, the, see, oh I, they put the through the I forget you wrist. skipped Sunday school. Yeah, no, no. You just no, went yeah, to just... go watch The Matrix or whatever yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <He> just... <laughs> like, trust me, I would. I, it wasn't really going through my head. That's cool stories, but well, yeah, yeah no, it wasn't... But whenever I see the holes in Jesus' hands, I'm like, they wouldn't put the nails in the hands. Like that doesn't make sense. Anyway, wait, so, wait, wait, I need wait, to wait. see it to believe it. Is my point. You know, no. We see my thing is, but then let me present present an argument. COVID, man. Okay. No, no. My argument is COVID, Conte, Pielo. So COVID, this could be a season where we just see some very weird stuff happening and some very surprising winners. You know, the leagues. Sofia Dad are still top with an amazing record in La Liga, and um, PSG are effing up. I don't know whether you want to touch on that. <laughs> um, Pielo got his coaching badges this 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 morning. It is what it is. And Antonio Conte continues to flop and continues to fail. So <laughs> when you combine that, I'm not saying that that's an argument that Milan will definitely win, but it shows that they have a chance. How many points do Inter have in their Champions League group, by the way? Like I think two? Two, two points or something, yeah. <laughs> no, no. The, like, Conte is a joke, man. The guy's a joke, man. But Borussia Mönchengladbach have eight. Madrid have seven. Shakhtar have four. And Inter are propping the table with two. <laughs> They're not even gonna make Europa. <laughs> no, it's 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 not oh, it's, it's 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 embarrassing. That whole group is a mess. Like I wouldn't think Gladbach would be on top. Madrid are under. Yeah, no, 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 like, like that. I've I've brought it up, brought it up. Thank look you, at that. Like they yeah. haven't won a game. Uh, obviously, that's that's so obvious because I only have two points. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you would need at least three to win. But wow. Not good, not good. The guy, the, the guy's a fraud, man. He is. He's, he's, no, he's, he's a, a league fraud. merchant. Domestic merchants, man. The guy's a complete sort of fraud. He won. He won with Chelsea with a title side that quit on Mourinho the season before. <laughs> he added Conte, and he had Diego Costa. Then <laughs> who he fell out with? <laughs> then he tells Costa, "I don't need you." And then, and then, who does he go by? Via text. Via text. Via text. Don't forget that. Via text. And then, uh, obviously, he wants Lukaku. But I think he was cool with Marata coming to Chelsea. That's just my inclination. Like, mm. he wanted, like, he preferred Lukaku, but he was fine with Marata, who we've already discussed. By the way, I think the comments are right. And Zaggy's always offside. Adebayo's always offside. They're just yeah. strikers that just lived offside. As much as Marata? N- no, but still. Like, strikers. We need to we need to do a strikers in who if they had VAR 
would they be as good? And I, uh, we, okay. we, we need names of like strikers who, if VAR existed, what would we think about these guys? Yeah, because a, a lot of guys played in most of half of Inzaghi's goals would be ruled off if <laughs> if, like, if if yeah, I was a there. A kneecap or a shoulder or something. <laughs> Do you know how funny Inzaghi was? Inzaghi could score a two-yard tap-in and he would celebrate like it's the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, moving to Germany. We're doing England last. So, moving to Germany. Bayern, they took an L. Uh, oh, no, no. No, won, no, 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 no. It, was, it was Dortmund who lost. Dortmund. 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 Bayern beat... Fuck. Stuttgart. Mm. If my notes are correct. I couldn't read my handwriting. Um, and... Dortmund, Dortmund lost, Dortmund lost to, Cologne. to Cologne. Yeah, Leipzig beats Armenia. Torgen Hazard scored though. There you go, the real Hazard. He <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> so, um, uh, how many are Bayern at? I think Bayern are at eight in a row. So I don't know. Do you, you know what? All the league tables this season are tight. Yes. There, there is it's, no. It's, it's, it's a Free, different season. Yeah, there, there, there's no 10 games in. They're already 12 points, 8 points mm, ahead. Mm, mm, mm. France is close. Germany's close. Italy's close. Spain's close. Spain's even weird. And Spain England, is very weird. And England is England. So it's going to be an interesting season. I don't think there's a guaranteed winner in any league. But there are, there's a favorite. But there's not. I can guarantee you Bayern win. I can guarantee you Juve I can, win. Uh, I'm, I, can, I'm, I, can, I, can, I can guarantee you PSG win. I can do that, I think. Yeah, but the rest of them, mm, I can. I can still pretty much guarantee. Give Bayern me another three months, and then I'll start guaranteeing. Basically, I can give you guarantees for you know what? I'm, I can't guarantee you PSG win because we'll we will we'll get to PSG. I think something funky is happening on that PSG. I think this is the season where I think it's all falls apart. Specifically, depending on what happens on Wednesday, I think Wednesday could be the most pivotal moment in PSG's history. Ooh. It's gonna be the most pivotal moment in PSG's history, but I can guarantee you, I can, I can give you a guarantee for for Bayern. Those Leipzig, Leverkusen, Dortmund, nah. When was nothing. the last time Lewandowski didn't win the Golden Boot? When probably when Aubameyang was there. So, do you think Haaland has a chance to get him? Yes, of course he does. Yeah, it's gonna be hard, but Haaland is a goal-scoring freak. And the guy is twenty. And like for me, I, I I will insult his game, his ball control. He fails the eye test aesthetically. He looks all wrong and all that kind of stuff. But as far as just goal scoring, that guy is a damn good goal scorer. So I ask because, do you trust the goal scoring numbers that come from Bundesliga? So and I'll I'll, I'll frame it this way. I people would always give me the argument right that. If Messi came to the Premier League, he would score 40 goals a season, 45 goals a season when he, when he was at his peak. And I always made the argument that if you look at the La Liga goals, goal scoring tables, it's easier to score in La Liga than it is to score in Italy or England or what have you. And I tend to think that the Bundesliga is kind of that same way. So when I look at Lewandowski, obviously he's an incredible goal scorer. The Champions League proves that because he gets goals at the, at, the, at the top level. But I wonder, do you trust these numbers? So if you put Haaland in the Premier League or Lewandowski in the Premier League or you put them in Spain or maybe Spain is more um, accurate, but if you put them in Italy, for instance, mm. do you think they could get 
the 30 goals in 45 games. I think Lewandowski didn't have 50 goals in 50 games or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, was, no, no, it was, it was stupid. He, he went to ham. So, so do you trust the numbers that come from Germany being applied to other leagues in a sense? Somewhat. Somewhat. Look at Kramerich, seven goals. Wasn't he a brick? Didn't he? He played for Leicester. They had to sell him. Like you know, I'm just just thinking out loud. You know, when you look at the numbers, I think Muller's at the top. Yeah, Muller's at the top of the assists. But what? Do you know? No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> All this time, I didn't because I was about to say, man, why? Where can I find like top goal scorers and assists? I was going through Google. Freaking it! It's I like how to do those click the stats yeah. tab, man. Oh my god! Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was Stat I was literally merchants. tearing I was literally tearing like my bald head out with like trying to find it. Stat merchants, bro. Some somewhat somewhat, the Bundesliga. I've always said that it's still a good league. It's not an elite league. I know it's not going to the most difficult league. Bayern Munich are so much better than everyone else. Have so much more of a better team. Lewandowski is in a great prime position to be able to get so many goals. He wouldn't get as many goals in another league with. He wouldn't get as many goals in another league other than Bundesliga specifically if we use the example of the Premier League because there is far greater parity in the Premier League than in the Bundesliga. But he would still score because he's still a very good player and a very good striker. See, when when, when we talk about the goal-scoring freaks in a sense, Mm. so, you know, Ronaldo, Messi at their pump, um, or is it in their pump? I'm not sure. Um, Lewandowski... Um, Suarez, those kinds of guys, when they were like peak, I always tended to think if you put them in Italy or England, they wouldn't score as much, right? But the more mm. I think about it, if Vardy can get golden boots, if I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin might be the leading goal scorer <laughs> in England, L- Dominic Calvert-Lewandowski or whatever they're calling him, um, yeah, I, there might be an argument. I think these guys could come and just destroy every goal-scoring record that exists. Suarez has the record, no? With For what? The most goals scored in a Premier League season. No, Salah. Does he? Ah. No, wait. Remember when Salah broke the record? Yeah. How many was it then? Wasn't it? Um, was it, it was it was forty or thirty-eight or maybe it was, maybe it was thirty-eight or something. Um, check it. Because I'm thinking, okay, if Salah has the records. <laughs> Then I actually, I think I've been wrong this whole time. And I actually do think R- Ronaldo that we saw for Madrid and Messi, I think they actually, like, in, like, if we take 2012 Messi in the Premier League, I think they actually could get, like, 50-60 or 50s, somewhere in there. 32. So, th- th- that's the record. Yeah. They're breaking that shit, man. Who? Like the freaks, I think Lewandowski right now could come and score forty goals in a season. If if he played for Man City or Liverpool. Mm. But then, okay, what do you think Salah does if he goes to Bayern Munich? You see, this nothing. I don't see. For me, I know about. It's, Syria, it's just no, no. I, you see, my thing. See, Syria is known that only three or four players have broken the 30-goal barrier. Mm. To, to this day, I don't know how the hell Gonzalo Higain scored 36 goals. That makes no sense. How that man got 30, 30, 36. So, Syria is very much a league where, I, if you can do 30 or more, but then again, Higain did 36 in the Syria. 
what did he do when he went to Juventus? <laughs> you know? So then that theory goes up in smoke. So it's hard to say, but I still see that Lewandowski... So you're saying Lewandowski would break the, the record if he, if he came into the Premier League? Yes. That he would eventually break the record? Yes. If, 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 if you put Lewandowski like five years ago and you gave him to Liverpool or Manchester City, he's getting Probably. the numbers. He's getting the Probably, numbers. Probably, yeah. I mean, because look, the guy is a good striker. Forget about always, but he is a very good striker. A guy who can score five goals in what? 12, like nine minutes? In wherever league it is, that guy has a talent. Is that true? So, he said Egyptian fans changed Wikipedia to say that Salah won African Player of the Year last year instead of Mane. Look it up. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you see that's you see that's now that is scary, man. That's funny. that is scary. Um, but nah, yeah, I, I just I wonder what the formula is to take goal scoring records from league to league and whether or not it translates exactly. It, but you know that's 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 work for more and more mathematician scientist kind of guy. Um, lastly, France. I watched Bordeaux against PSG while we recorded an extra. Something's wrong with Mbappe. I don't know what it is. Oh, I I'll, can't, I'll, I'll tell I can't you. place my finger on it. I'll tell you. Oh no! Oh no! I'm. I am something's so, not right. I'm so happy we we're here. I'm so happy we're here. Daniel, we have to have an honest conversation. About LSG. <laughs> let's 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 put everything down on the table. When I first saw Mbappe at Monaco, I was like, "This guy's playing like a grown man. This teenager is playing like a grown man." I test all the way. I don't need to see numbers. I don't need to see stats. This player here is different. This player is different from many other teenagers that I have seen because he's playing like a fully grown man and his game was far more evolved and developed than many other teenagers that I, I saw. So when he then said to go, go to PSG, I was like, all right, okay, France, this is the new exciting project. Wait, did he go before Neymar or after Neymar? Same season. Okay, all right. So he's like, okay, I'm sitting up in Neymar, all right. Maybe two together we'll, we'll do something. But you see, someone raised this point. This isn't a Miami Heat situation. Football is in the NBA. The, the Heat were eventually going to win. We all celebrated when um, the Mavericks beat them in that first season. I was like, yeah, LeBron, LeBron. And then LeBron said, well, you guys have to go back to your crappy 9-5s and all that crap, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so rude. But it's true. It's true. <laughs> but next season, he he did what he did, and he eventually got his two rings and everything. But that is five on 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 five. And in the NBA, two amazing players and one very good player will make a serious difference eventually. It ten v ten on a massive pitch. Two amazing players are not going to make the difference necessarily. Do you know, do you know what? Just to just to add to your point. Part of what makes what made LeBron, Bosch, Wade good was not just because they could score points. It's LeBron can guard anybody one through four. Mm. Wade can guard anybody one through three. Bosch could guard anybody maybe three through five, maybe the occasional shooting guard, but I wouldn't trust it. But their defensive qualities, the chase down blocks, the steals, the the intensity that they could get on the defensive end on top of what they could do offensively 
made it to where, again, once you put the confines of the smaller court and there's only five people per side, you have to add that on top. Neymar can't play left back. Mm. Mbappe's not playing right back. And he, you wouldn't ask him to. So a basketball player, one, can have a far greater impact yeah. on a basketball because it's, it's game because you play both ways yeah. than a footballer who's, my job, I'm just here to score goals. If you guys keep letting them in, I can't necessarily return four on the other side. Mm. Oh, no, and, no, no, 100%. So when you now look at this PSG situation, the notion was we've got the prodigy, we've got a guy who many people can argue is one of the best players in the world. Surround them by decent, good, good players. Eh, we're good. But the beauty of football is that one, one plus one does not always equal two. So let's just focus on Mbappe before we get to Neymar and PSG. So from Mbappe's point of view, this was the worst move for Mbappe. The worst move. Because as a imagine a young Cristiano. 1920, fresh out of Sporting Lisbon, and he goes to PSG, like this PSG. So, um, use a time machine and accelerate that 19-year-old Cristiano and move him to this PSG. He'd be ruined. Completely. Because as good as Mbappe was for Monaco, you're still 18, 19. You still have to mature. You still have to develop. There's still things that you need to learn. There's still things you need to learn and you still need to grow. You still need to, to grow. Messi was bloody good at 1920. He still needed to, 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 to grow. And as good as it was at 1920, when we now saw what it was at 25, 26, 27, we are like, oh my God, this guy has taken the game to his next level. Mm-hmm. But don't forget how good that guy was when he first came to Barcelona. That guy was extremely good. So, Mbappe going to PSG was the worst possible move because PSG are not here to develop you. They're not here to train you. They're not here to give you time. There is a coaching system here. Yeah. We are here to win. So that is a huge amount of pressure to give someone where a lot is put on you. Let's be real. Messi was one of the main players there, but Javi was very important. Iniesta was very important. Mm. You had Henri there. You had Eto'o there. Then you had David Villa there. Then, but you also had Puyol. You also had Busquets. So there was really a great support system. Yeah around Messi. PSG is, this is literally hanging on Neymar Mbappe, Neymar Mbappe, Neymar Mbappe. And every time that they play, the spotlight is on Neymar Mbappe. The spotlight was on Barcelona. It wasn't on Messi, it was on Barcelona. Only when Javi, Iniesta and those guys left, then the spotlight now became on Messi. But in 09, in 2011, in 2015, it was see in 2015 it was MSN, mm-hmm. but 2011-09 it was Barcelona. This is a system. This is a unit a that team. you have to deal with. It's a team. PSG, you're not dealing with a team. You're dealing with two players, and if these 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 two players aren't effective, these guys aren't doing anything. Mm. You know, there are teams that are individuals, and then there are individuals in a team. Yeah, and you can have either one. PSG is just a collection of individuals that they collection call of individuals. It's like Let's let's go on to or, name. Or, or rather, it's a team that's a collection of individuals. Yeah. So basically, so basically for Mbappe, this is if he doesn't leave PSG, bro, it's over. You you, you will not be what I thought you you could be back at Monaco. It's it's over because this 
this is a holiday camp. This is this is a joke. This this is this isn't serious. So let's look at Neymar. <laughs> well, do just can, can I pause you just quick and I'm maybe building upon your point. Yeah. But but don't forget Neymar. Okay. If you took Mbappe back in time and from Monaco he went to 2002 2003 Manchester United kind of like what Ronaldo did and you put him with a manager like Sir Alex do you think any of these problems exist I don't, wait, I don't wait, think they do wait wait so so you say if you took Mbappe with well, no, the... well, well, you you said let's take Ronaldo from mm-hmm. Sporting yeah and let's do some time travel whatever and now he's now 19 and he goes to PSG. He'd be ruined. Yeah. So I'm saying let's go. Let's do it in reverse. And let's take Mbappe from Monaco and let's put him back. Let's go back into time and take 17, 18-year-old Mbappe and give him to Manchester United with Sir Alex. Mm. And I don't think these problems exist. No so, way. So no part way. Impossible. Of it is, part of it is you, you take Mbappe and you give him to, I think, Emery and Tuchel? <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> what? No, no. Like that's no because no. Tuchel because... isn't as bad as Emery, but it's still a problem. And, but... and, and 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 maybe Emery wasn't there. It might it, it, it might just be all Tuchel, but yeah, it's just that no, no, level no, no. that that Ronaldo was coached by. Don't give me the two and twenty thing, but arguably the greatest football manager yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy Mbappe is kind of being handcuffed in a sense that it's just like the the, the team isn't built for me to progress. It's just built for they're using me. They're not helping me. Yeah, no, no, because the te- this this is not a football club. This is a project. That is very expensive. It's it's a brand, a very expensive brand that's Jordan about and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like. but it's a brand built to try to win the Champions League. Mm. So they're not a football club here. Okay, but this is how we develop players. This is a there. There is no culture here. It's just about <laughs> we're spending money with big time players to Have win hope. us something. They they were formed in 1970. My parents are older than PSG. There we go. How can you have culture when you're what 50 years old? It's kind of it's, it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough. Okay, so let's 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 get on to Neymar. Neymar. Neymar now. I mean, this is a joke, man. Because my thing is, you're looking at a guy who is just dribbling for the sake of dribbling, who is just doing skills for the sake of doing skills. Because Ronaldinho, probably one of the most skillful players I've ever seen in my life. But there was a point to the skills that he was doing. And it was always it always was behind logic. And you could tell that no, Rikard is st- still has a still ha- the box still stops with Rikard here. Um with Neymar, one hundred percent you can see that Tukel has no authority over Neymar. Mm. And the key thing is this, and I'm sure this was a conversation where when Tuchel was being interviewed, he was told by El Calafi and so forth that you are here to get the best out of Neymar. You're here to work with Neymar. Neymar is our, is the face of our brand. Him and Mbappe, but Neymar is the face of our brand. So for Tuchel, it's about acquiescing himself to Neymar. Let Neymar be what he is because this is important for the brand. He has to dribble. He has to do skills. He has to do all these kinds of, of stuff. So when you're watching it, you're like, this is 
poor discipline. <laughs> this is unprofessional. And this is just a player who is playing without any direction whatsoever. Here's the thing. Hindsight is hindsight is 2020. Yep. Let's keep it real. Back in, was it 2017 or 2018? It was, it was the right move. For Neymar to move to PSG, of course it was the right move. Because I knew how good he was. And we, were not, we would never see the best of Neymar playing at Barcelona. Now, if you're a Barcelona fan, you obviously want to keep Neymar because that gives you the best chance to succeed. But a football fan who wanted to see Neymar be one of the best in the world, which you knew he had the ability to, you know that no, he has to move. And PSG, okay, this, this might be interesting because that was me being short-sighted, thinking that this is like the NBA, which it isn't. Oh my gosh, Neymar as PSG with Verratti, Di Maria, and Mbappe. Oh my gosh, that is a CL. Two, three CLs. How many? You know, not three, one, two, not, not two, two, not three, three not four, <laughs> not five, not six, not, not seven, seven, not eight. <laughs> but it's it goes. To but how about zero? Zero CLs. How about theory zero? doesn't always match application. So you can theorize something all you want, mm. and you can say, "Hey, the train will get there at twelve forty-five every day." But that doesn't take into account people getting on the train late, somebody jumps on the tracks, a whole bunch of other stuff. So an engineer will tell you, no, this train will arrive every day at noon. It might show up at 1230 and you might miss your meeting because of the things that happen in life that don't necessarily match with a spreadsheet or a formula or whatever the case may be. Um, So the theory was good. You know, again, if we want to make it basketball, Kyrie, he did the same thing Neymar did. Like Kyrie hit that shot in Game Seven mm. again over the over the Warriors, and who got the credit? LeBron with the chase down block. Neymar he balled out of his mind those last fifteen minutes against PSG. Yeah, and who got the credit? Messi. And what did Kyrie and Neymar both do? I need my own team. There's no way I can live over this mythological beast that's on my team. So Kyrie goes to Boston. What happens? Flops. Mm. And what's happening with Neymar right now, he hasn't flopped as hard. Not that you really could in terms of the French League when you're a team like PSG, but the ultimate goal of winning the Champions League, it hasn't yeah, worked. it's not worked. So it's not always, the grass isn't always greener, even though it might look like it or seem oh, no, like no, no, it. No, no, no. Basically, because what you just look at PSG is that's not how the world works. That's not how life works. That's not how football works. You can't go have fun, do what you want, you know, prance around, dance around, dye your hair cool, pink and blonde, dye your hair pink and blonde, have laughs, do all this meme stuff, and then think you can win a Champions League. Bayern Munich are a professional team that are extremely disciplined. Do you really think for one second they will allow a guy who looks like a like a flipping like Clown. lollipop to, to beat them? <laughs> Heck no. <laughs> so, so 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 when, so when I look at PSCC when Mbappe started dyeing his hair blonde I was like ooh this isn't good he's no no you see and he's see, being influenced that's that's because for Mbappe this is the see Neymar let him let Neymar do what he does fine stay up here like that because that's you but you're not young you're not 20 you don't have a future ahead of you you've already used up most of your 20s already you're not heading into your 30s right now but for Mbappe, this is the worst environment for him. But my issue with Mbappe is that because he's young, and the key thing is as well, is I don't blame Mbappe too much. It's the people that he's surrounded by. 
the people that he's surrounded by are obviously telling him that you know this is great for your brand you have to be with Neymar this is good just you're on the cover of FIFA you're the cover everything's great your career is not going to be as good as it could have been even though it'll still be great he's a world cup winner he has years ahead i'm sure he'll win a euros another world cup maybe he'll win a champions league with another club mm. but the trajectory that there was at monaco it looked like he could have been no, no, I mean, because the key thing is that <laughs> this is a worse player than what I saw at Monaco, which is crazy. He's worse. Let's keep it real. He's he, worse. There was, this, there was a one-on-one that he had against Bordeaux. And I, and this is kind of the cause of the conversation. I was just like, okay, he's one-on-one with a goalkeeper. Go around or score, whatever. The goalkeeper read exactly what he was going to do, smothered mm. it, and we move on. They draw 2-2, I think. It was just like... This isn't the Mbappe that we've been seeing for, you know, two seasons ago, three seasons ago. This is, it's not the same guy. But anyway, um, I'm going to take two two subjects from the Premier League. We'll talk about Maradona and then we'll bounce. Um, Klopp's interview after the mm. Brighton game. What did you think about that? Because He's- he snapped. Oh, no, no, he did. I mean, <laughs> my thing is that I get his frustration. Mm. You have to recognize his frustration, but Klopp, you're making yourself look bad. Really bad. Because your grievance is right. Wait, so why aren't there five subs? Why? Because my thing is, Premier League, s- screw a democracy. Enforce five subs. It's a pandemic. There's a virus here. There's a crazy fixture congestion because UEFA are adamant that the Euros must start at a specific time and are keeping with the CL campaign where you have not playing a Champions League match every single week. You have to have five subs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, especially, especially the Premier League that doesn't have a winter break. Mm-hmm. So for Klopp, you're like, yes, you should feel pissed off because guys are just going to get injured and look at how many, what's it called? Um, Jamal on the hangout said that um, there have been 60 muscle injuries in the Premier League so far compared to the other leagues that only have about 20 or 30 wow. thingy. They've been 60. So that just tells you that the, and the, and the, by the time you get to December, it's going to be a lot more. So for Klopp, I, I get it. Now, what was interesting was the whole broadcasting thing. And here's the thing. Klopp needs to understand how business works. The Premier League, they obviously... They are the guys that set up the fixtures and the timings. They then give it to the broadcasters and so forth. So Saturday, 12.30, that will always go to BT Sports. Then the 7 p.m. might be BT Sports or Sky Sports. And the the 1 p.m. on Sunday and and the 4.30 on Sunday will always go to Sky Sports. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that it's about... It's, forget football, this is about ratings, TV network. Sheffield United, Aston Villa isn't going to bring in the numbers. But Liverpool against whoever will bring in the numbers. Manchester United against whoever will bring in the numbers. Arsenal, Chelsea against whoever will bring in the numbers because these are some of the most popular football teams and the most supportive football teams on the planet. So most of the time for that 12.30, it's gonna be. It has to be filled either with a Liverpool, a Chelsea, a Manchester United, a Manchester City, Tottenham, Arsenal, and so forth. So you just have to accept that. 
and work with it. So you being angry, I can get it from a sense of, you know that they play on a Wednesday. (laughs) 12.30 on Saturday? You can't give these guys Sunday 1 p.m.? Or Saturday 7 (laughs) p.m.? You know? Well, see, this is it's a battle that Mourinho, for one, has been fighting for years. It's like, why do I play the Champions League game on on Wednesday, and then I have to play the early game on the Saturday afternoon? That doesn't make any sense. So on East Coast time in America, it's Wednesday, you finish the Champions League game at like 5, and then you get fr- Thursday, Friday, and then the Saturday morning, essentially for us, you're playing a game again. Well, it's like, wait a minute. So, but there's a team that played on Tuesday that gets to play on Saturday. How is that fair? It's not really. But then it goes to the whole branding point. It's if I have a chance to put Liverpool on television, who are maybe the most popular club in England behind. Mm. What I see, I'm I'm curious about this. I know Manchester United is more of a global brand mm. in a sense where I know Manchester United have more fans globally than Liverpool. But I wonder in England, Liverpool do Liverpool have more fans than United? You know what? The way I've been thinking, do Man United have more fans globally than Liverpool? Yeah, Liverpool is a, is pretty popular. <laughs> you see, so, I you see. I always assume that United had okay. This is the biggest brand, but Liverpool, man, that is a big brand. <laughs> I know. There are um, lots of Liverpool fans but, around but, the world. But either man, way, so. it's like it's 50-50. But if if I'm a broadcaster and I have the mm. opportunity to put either one of those on television, you I'm have, taking it. You have to. I don't you care if they're playing Brighton. They could be playing... Doesn't matter. Know, you have to. Martian FC. It doesn't yeah. matter. I'm putting them on television. Actually, the Martians would get more ratings than Liverpool. Oh, there's a team <laughs> from Mars coming? Never mind. Um, <laughs> so, next next topic. Um, but oh, also, I, I do want to say, I think it is trash when managers when i watched it the interview you Mm. got the sense that klopp is somebody who has power in the club right so when it whenever he deals with staff or board level or players or whatever the case may be at liverpool he is the man he is the guy Mm -hmm. and people defer to him because he's the central figure of the club Mm. so I don't think that mentality goes away when he's dealing with somebody who's not in his club necessarily, and he's dealing with the media, so it's in part of his job. So the attitude that he had with the the person asking him the questions was almost like somebody who hadn't yet come down from his throne, and he's still on, he's sitting on his throne, and the guy's asking him questions, and he comes with that kind of king mentality, like, why, it's you, you're the one that's doing it. You're doing yeah. this, you're doing that. And he's talking to him almost like he's a subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I didn't like that vibe. Like, this is a person who's doing his job. He's there to ask you questions. It was weird. You're there it's, to it was it. so weird. Because the, the, I'm, the I'm energy like, was as if somebody, like, he's on top of him just because you're a football manager. And if it see, there's some, I would like to think I'd bite my tongue and I'd just be like, and I'd just keep the professionalism and you got to keep your voice as a, as a mm. certain journalistic kind of integrity, but they're part of me like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? Like, why are you talking like, who the fuck you think you no, are? No, no. Like, Basically, no, no. Do you do what it is? Yeah, I, I, I know what it is. And I believe this is what it is. It's the power Klopp, trip, man. No, 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 no. It's not this. Klopp has no issue with Des Kelly. It's not. Klopp really wants to defend this title. And I think 
after dealing with you had Dortmund, it was all good. Then Bayern came, messed it up, took all of your, your players. And now you now found with Liverpool and you now know how good this team is. And you're now touted as one of the best managers in the world. He really wants to defend this title because he knows how much the fans want this. You know how much the fans appreciated that title. And he really wants to win, especially now that he knows that he may have a leg up on Man City. Mm. And the fact that external forces that he has no control over are really being detrimental to this team's ability to to take points with Brighton this is a this is an easy three points this just needs to be three points so that's frustrating and that anger is just and when you just have that anger within you anything in your path just gets dis- destroyed Do you know what's funny the, the the part that made me laugh most <laughs> he was like Chris Wilder <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he said, he said, Chris Wilder didn't want five subs. He has the three subs, and I think he only has one point. <laughs> so basically, like, yeah, that's working out great for you, isn't it? Like, there's only three subs, oh, oh. but you only have one point. Wait, so okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask, ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Premier League should have just made an executive decision and just enforced five subs, or you yes. they should have gone with the democratic thing of asking? All twenty to vote. I mean, I think you you do risk pissing off the clubs that um, didn't want five that wanted three subs. If you make like an, ex- I don't. Firstly, I don't know if that's even possible. If they could just mm. usurp the clubs, but I think they should have done it. And even if they did do it, the clubs who would be more pissed off with that decision don't mm. have as much power as the clubs that would appreciate the decision. Yeah. So you'd probably be, end up being fine if Sheffield gets relegated and they don't care. Well, you're going to go back to the championship anyway, so we don't have to deal with you. Yeah. But if Liverpool are angry at the Premier League, they have cause to, I don't know, let's see if Manchester United, let's see if Chelsea, let's see if Arsenal want to do a Super League. Hey, let's set up this one thing, you know, because they actually have the power to, to go around. Sheffield Sheffield doesn't have the power, so why, so why, why would you poke a bear with sticks when you don't have to? There we go. There we go. Um. All right. <laughs> But before we talk about Cavani, I just want to say like, yo, oh, two. I guess there's three things from the Premier League. I know this has gone a bit long, but you know it is what it is. Head injuries. Mm. So in the Wolves Arsenal game, William puts in a corner. People go up to contest, and I don't think there was a replay of it. But if you watch what aired, you hear this just like, like a sound, like a pop sound. It's like, whoa, mm. that sounded wild. Then you see Louise down, Jimenez down, and then it's always bad. I know it's always bad when the teammates look straight to the bench and like, yo, come, 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 yeah. come. Um, that's how you know it's pretty bad. And Jimenez is down, Louise is down, and you're like, yo, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but this doesn't look good. The game's paused for maybe 10, 15 minutes, however long it is. You know, there's blood, there's... You know, you need the stretchers and all of that kind of stuff. So, firstly, hopefully, I'm, 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 I've read that Raúl Jiménez is doing better and that he's yeah, yeah, awake yeah. and conscious, and he had a, he had a, a surgery for his fractured skull, and we hope all the best for him. Obviously, we know what happened with Spurs, Ryan Mason, and mm. players like that, where they fractured their skull and they can't play anymore. Um, Czech had it, but he's a goalkeeper, so mm. he could just put the helmet on and. He's not having to head it, basically. As a yeah. striker, you kind of need your head. So yeah. we, we wish him the best. Hopefully, it's not too bad. Um, 
But the thing that struck me outside of that and just wishing him wishing him well was Louise. So <laughs> the the he cracks someone else's head with his head. <laughs> they put a bandage around it. The guy's bleeding. And he's just out there for the the the, the half. I get. I think they took him off at halftime because he had a cut or whatever it was. Hmm. But why is he playing for 30, 40 extra minutes? Like he should be at the hospital doing tests. Like so, the doctors just tell him when's your birthday. He says the day. What day of the week is it? He says it. How many fingers am I holding up to or whatever the concussion protocol is? And he just gets to play. Not thinking that, okay, this guy has to use his head as a defender. To be fair, I don't think he used his head because I was watching him. I don't think he ever headed the ball because I mm. think he probably understood what was happening in a sense. <laughs> well, I don't think I should put my head on this, so I don't, I don't think I will. But maybe somebody could find footage where he did. But just putting a player in a position like that, I don't think is morally correct in a sense. Like, they, they shouldn't have to choose between playing... And, you know, letting their team down or I look weak or whatever the case may be. The, mm. the choice should be made outside of their hands or outside of team doctor's hands. It should be like an independent person that says, Mm-mm, you got, you have to come off. And the, the team will get mad. The player will be frustrated. But ultimately, it's in the best interest of the player. Because what happens if at first there's nothing but there's a swelling of the brain or there's a just something that you can't readily tell? He heads mm. a ball and that's the thing that triggers what had been started with the clash of heads. You can't know that unless you give him an MRI, scans, mm. tests, etc. Yeah, I mean, you see, my thing is... Um... Oh, and, and just, just lastly, the guy's bleeding from his head. There's HD cameras looking at it. And we can see the blood is leaking through the bandage. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, they'll stop the game to figure out if Marata's offside for five minutes. They'll stop the game to figure out if, oh, is that a red card from Pepe? Because it kind of looked like a headbutt. But if a man's bleeding from his head, the VAR referee can't stop the game and tell the ref, yo, this guy's bleeding from his head. You might want to get him off the pitch. Or at least get him a new bandage. No, but see, it's... it's What's the point? It's, 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 it's habit. And, and that is what makes it very dangerous. Because even before we even brought all these sciences and, you know, researching so, you know, how, you know, the if effects... Of um, you know, heading the ball and everything, guys were on the like breaking legs, breaking heads, bandages. Beckenbar played with a freaking with a, with a broken arm. <laughs> like if you look, I, I can't remember. I think it was the seventy four final. I think was it seventy four seventy eight? See, I think it was the seventy four final where he actually played. I think he had a, he was his arm was in a sling, <laughs> so he was playing with literally a broken arm. So I've always felt that. Even when I was in school, I was like, is heading the ball these this amount of times actually safe? No. <laughs> because you are you see, because remember what Mike Tyson was saying, you see, Tyson said that just being hit hard and knocked out is better than constant attrition. Mm-hmm. That constant attrition is far worse than just being knocked out. It's why hence why it's U- hence, UFC. Hence why, yeah. hence why he wanted the like Six ounce gloves because if because you think that oh, 12 or 16 ounce gloves is actually safer, but no, that's actually even worse mm-hmm. because, um, what's it called? I think Re- one guy said, said that repetitive if, hits to the head yeah. are worse than just one big knockout because one it's, guy it's, said it's, it's 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 why UFC fighters are probably more safe, 
even no, though no. it's more brutal. Basically, and so someone made an example of like if two girls have a pillow fight for a long time, eventually that could actually cause some damage if they do it enough times, and that's from a pillow. Mm. So my thing is like, <laughs> even when I saw that, I was like, my god, man, that's. I mean, when a corner is coming through, <laughs> the probability of that happening obviously it doesn't happen all the time but still you see guys clash of heads or clash of heads clash of heads clash of heads that can be very dangerous and who knows how it can affect you 10 15 years after you've re retired but you constantly heading a leather ball from your skull <laughs> that um, uh, it can't be safe Do you know what's <laughs> funny like in the chelsea game um I don't know. Loris just kicked the ball really high, right? Mm. And Conte was the only guy in midfield. And the ball came down to him. And I was like, is he going to put his head on this? And what he did is he did a knee control. I was like, this is why my guy is smart, yo. Because <laughs> the ball was so high. I was like, you know, generally, like a guy like Zuma would just go up and head it. But I'm like, Conte's not going to do that, is he? And no, he didn't. He used his thigh, controlled the ball. Passed it, I think, to Mount or Kovacic or somebody, and I was like, "Those are the decisions that I need to so that I need to see more players take." Is if the ball's up there, you don't necessarily need to head it. You don't have to head it, mm. you know. But just the the repetitive nature, as you say, of just it's it's not a light thing, especially when it goes up, gains it's, gains it's pace, leather, and then yeah. there's a contact like that has to have. It's like a punch. It's repetitive, yeah. so. I think in America they've they've tried to, you know, uh, you know when you go to the where, where the rich people play football or soccer, um, I think they've banned heading up until you know you're 13 or 14 or something like that. There are mm. some cities or townships that have, or counties rather, that that have banned heading. I think that's something they're trying to do because imagine you've been practicing heading since you were 10. You grow up to be somebody like John Terry. You don't think he has like I don't know, just some issues from just repetitiveness. And it was interesting when I think Shira talked about it. I was like, "Have you got yourself checked?" Because <laughs> <laughs> he was he was renowned for his head. actually. So, so just because I think the live chat just sort of um, corrected me, it was the nineteen seventy quarter final against England where Beckenbauer played with a. It's sling. You know, so he played I was with thinking, a broken arm. Is it? Yeah, Ibrahim points out Terry Butcher. You know the famous. Oh picture yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Where yeah, like yeah, the yeah. England shirt is red. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was started out as white. So. Do you know? Do you know how much they promoted that in England? Like that was like that picture was like yeah, grow up because there's a similar one of so yeah, that's the one. So basically, I think I think it was I think England drew against Italy nil nil. It was like a really tough game, and that meant they, they they qualified for I think the '98 World World Cup, and I think Saul Campbell was sort of or one of the players was drenched in blood, and then they did they did it side by side with Terry Butcher, and I was like, yeah, man, I'm like, how are you promoting this crap? It's trash. Do you know what? It, Why well, are you? I mean, do you know how do you know how dumb and stupid you look? So you're pure. So basically, you are promoting people going through injuring themselves, bloodied and having a bandage, and that's should that that, that is a emblem of success that's an, an, an image of victory are you, are you are you stupid my, my thing is if you need a bandage around your skull or your cranium mm. you should not be on the pitch full stop yeah. if you're cut get off could get infected or something like that if it's because of a clash of heads that just sent someone to the hospital 
the force that you need to crack someone's head. Why are you playing? And I, I understand from the player's point of view, I feel okay. But the people around them should be more cautious and careful. Like, it's I shouldn't care more about David Luiz's life than the Arsenal trainer. Mm-hmm. But if he can play, let's let him play. Let's not waste the substitute. Like, just the stupidity of it. Um, lastly, or penultimately, what do you think about this Negrito thing in Cavani? Because <laughs> I, I, I know what I think, mm. but I'm curious, what do you think? All right, so let's just sort of break it down. So, <laughs> my see, there's so many because new elements have come to light. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So, my thing was, first of all, this isn't the same as Luis Suarez. No, because Suarez said it to be malicious towards Evra. Yes, Cavani didn't say it to be malicious. So that's one thing. Mm-hmm. My thing is that he said it to somebody who is white and clearly not black. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I then looked up the, what is the meaning of Negrito? It means a little black person. I was like, okay, little black person, but this person is white. So when I'm there, okay, I'm now confused. And here's my thing. This is where I stand. If you put in an apology and you apologize, I'd, I don't think that you should be banned. But... I can understand why they would ban him because the Premier League have Black Lives Matter as like your sponsor. Guys are kneeling before every game. Yep. You have a no-to-racism thing. You have to ban him. Because <laughs> you've so... Because the Premier League, number one priority is the brand and what the brand looks like and your brand is so closely associated to anti-racism. You, even if you apologize, you have to ban him mm-hmm. because that's just what you've, you've put yourself into. But if it's just me, I'm like... See the see the wider issue here is man some wild stuff happens in Uruguay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like what's how are you guys living? How are you guys operating? Because I already already had an inkling that in some of these South American places where they pretty much massacred all the blacks there with all these invading co- co- Caucasians from Italy, that's these guys are already a, a bit wild. But I'm like, if this is what you're saying to guys and so forth, like. What kind of mentality do you have? I also remember Cavani. This is the same guy who thought Jamaica was an African country. <laughs> and then he then had to apologize. And then, and then when they played Jamaica in the convention, he was basically taking pictures of all of the Jamaican guys and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> basically. Just a general so, ignorance, right? Um, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I have so many thoughts about this. <laughs> How many okay, thoughts so, can you so, really have? So, so firstly... It's shout out to Jesse Lopes. Okay, she was um she was like the Uruguay expert for for the World Cup that mm. we did in 2018, I think. And um I remember we we had a conversation about Uruguayan football and I to- I was talking to her about, you know, the whole Ghana Uruguay thing and why I don't like Luis Suarez. And then I brought up, you know, obviously there was the handball in the in the quarterfinal, but then there was also like the racism thing with Evra. Mm. And she explained to me Although probably not in this instance, there is a case in Uruguay where the people just tend to use the word negrito as a stand-in, as how we would say dude, man, bro, Mm. fam, etc. They use negrito. And I was like, really? Y'all do that? And she was like, yeah, it's dumb, but that's what we do. Mm. (laughs) And she's uh, she kind of schooled me on it in that sense, um, mm. and she was aware enough to know that it was it was stupid. Um, so that's one thing that Uruguayan culture 
uses the word negrito not in a racialized context necessarily mm. if they did they would use negro yeah. like and they would i'm told they would put emphasis on the e so negro or mm. some, something along those lines which would be probably more akin to the n-word or they would use mono as like monkey mm. and i think we've seen that in you know barcelona players have called other people's yeah, mono yeah, Bus- or... yeah 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 busquets to masalo mm-hmm. so that's that's those are the words negro and mono are more words but negrito is like this kind of in between space where people who are outside of uruguayan culture or colombian culture whatever the case may be they look at that like whoa, 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 whoa. so you're calling people little black friends little black this you're not even black so why are you doing that it doesn't make sense it's a from the outside looking in, it's a stupid, dumb, cultural thing. And I, yes, I'm being a snob here. <laughs> so don't judge me, but it's it's dumb. It's stupid. Objectively, it's dumb. But Cavani can't necessarily be blamed for the culture that he grew up in. Mm-mm. It's just what they do in Uruguay, you know. And I, how long has he been in England? Three weeks? Yeah. A month or so? And, and we know these footballers, yeah, they, they've lived in Italy. That's not going to help you with race relations. Lived in France. It's probably not going to help you with race relations in a sense. Um, but these people, you know, they live in their little enclaves and their little groups, you know, even in foreign countries. There's, a, you know, uh, people like Sergio Aguero. He doesn't like speaking English, even though he's lived in Manchester for years and years because he hangs out with the Spanish guys or the Argentinian guys or whoever it is. Um, so even though you do live in foreign countries, you still, you're always in your group, like the Brazilians at Chelsea for a time, they were always together and you think they were speaking English? No, they were speaking in Portuguese. So you do try to keep your culture as close as you can. Um, and then when he's talking to someone who's from Uruguay, he's going to use Uruguayan lingo or Mm. linguistics. So on that side of it, I don't think it, there was no malicious intent. I understand the the cultural context of Mm. it from his point of view so why, i don't find like, it why, that, yeah, that, why that, ban him that that big of a deal i would suspend him or take him out for a game though if i was england because although that's culturally acceptable in uruguay calling people little black something in an english cultural context we can't do that or you can't do that especially the way the premier league as you elocuted has set themselves up to be against racism kick it out Give give racism the red card. You know they're taking knees and Black Lives Matter before the game. I think you're astute with that with that observation. My my wider question, and I think this is something more for me to research rather than to pontificate about, is in Portugal, Spain, Italy, France, places where the you know Romance languages, they don't use negrito as a term of endearment. They just don't. So I've never heard Spanish people from Spain or Portuguese people from Portugal or French French people from France or Italians from Italy mm. that speak Italian, French, Portuguese, and Spanish. They don't use Negrito as, hey, what's up, man? They don't do that. That is a particular South American invention. And because it's a particular South American invention or a peculiar one, we need, we need to look at the history between little black people probably <laughs> Africans, no doubt, and that their relationship with South America in order to, what, why is why does this exist? Because it doesn't exist in the languages where these people, where their great-grandparents would have come from. 
kind of the mother countries in some ways. It's a, it's a South American thing. And once we add the element of slavery and Africa, just I think we've talked in this podcast before about, you know, what Argentina did with their black population and what Uruguay did with their black population and how Brazil got more black in a sense where people migrated and all these types of things. I begin to wonder, just because something is culturally acceptable, does that mean it's correct? No. So it's, it's the idea of I've grown up whether I'm Cavani or I could even be an Afro-Uruguayan person. I, I do what my culture says is it's okay to do. If a bunch of people call me Negrito, if I'm not thinking on a kind of conscious level about blackness and my Africanity or whatever the case may be, you just accept whatever, whatever anybody says. And that's just how we do things here. So what I'm more curious about, and again, what I need to do research on, is what do Uruguayans who have... African roots, who make it their livelihood to think about race and to question the way that blackness and Africanity exists in Latin America and Uruguay specifically, what do they think about the word Negrito coming from the mouths oh, of European colonizers? Oh, you say blacks in, in Uruguay, you're saying? Well, yeah, there, there's some there, not yeah. not in, in mass like there might have used to be. Or used to been, but I wonder what do just African people in Latin America more more like? Because I'm told this is something that happens in Colombia and other in other countries as well. What do they think about this? And that's more what I care about. So the the everyday Black Latin American might not think too much about what people just say Negrito, but what do the conscious Africans think about this? Does that make sense? So, 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 for instance, I would, I don't want to say I'm conscious. I think that's kind of <laughs> arrogant in a way, but I'd, I'd like to think I think about race in a sense, right? So what I think about people using the N-word, for instance, might be different than what just the everyday black person who doesn't put much thought into race thinks about it. They might accept a white person calling them the N-word for all, for all I know. I would never do that. <laughs> I think you struggle to find a lot of people that do that, but they exist. So I'm more curious when a conscious person from Uruguay hears Cavani use Negrito, what does that do to them? Are they like, oh, it's fine. No, that's just how we get down here. Or would they be like, nah, that's some bullshit that they do. And that's more what I'm curious about. Like, are there cultural critics? And I'd have to think that there are. So I think it'd be important to amplify those voices. But again, I need to do my own research. But cultures are weird. No, 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 no. For me, I think that's the key thing that you said is that all you know is the environment that you grow up in and what is culturally acceptable. Only when you now go to a different place where people will say, oh, no, no, wait, don't say that. But like, oh, geez, every time I've said this, it was fine. But you now see it in a different world, in a different culture, and people can view it a whole different way, man. So, for Kavan, and so basically, my, here's my thing. If I was making an educated guess, that in no term of endemics or anything, it's, 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 it's racist. It is. But they've just sort of just turned it into, or tried to sort of evolve it into, oh, no, no. No, like, little black person. Why are you calling a white man a little black person? <laughs> <laughs> so just using my brain and my logic why are you calling a wise person it literally says little 
denoting to someone with a dark skin. Mm-hmm. So you now is not to somebody who clearly doesn't have dark skin. Uh, what's so? It's obviously my belief is that it was a racial term or slur towards that they use towards the African people with dark skin, and it's just evolved itself. Over it's time. like it's yeah. like it's like you will probably find some white guys who think they're cool calling other white guys the N word. Hey, N word, hey, N-word. because you know they just don't say, hey, man, that, we've. Similar no, have how... Can I pause you for a second? What? And I think, I think, I think, obviously I don't have proof. Because <laughs> mm. I would need to speak Spanish and actually talk to people who think about race, right? Mm. But I think, I think if you talk to people who think about race in Latin America, they would tell you, and again, this is only, it's, you know, it's an educated guess. The reason that this exists is because there's, no, there aren't a lot of Africans in these countries to tell people to stop doing it. Mm. So, in theory, a white person t- talks to another white person in America, hey, what's up my end? What's up my end? This, this and that. In th- there are black people here to say, hey, like, no, 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 no. Like, you're, you're not going to do that. And also, as, there's, as, um, and also there's a history, as much civil as I can rights, stop and you, so, and so I'm forth. going to make sure that it's culturally unacceptable for you to use n-words as a term of endearment even amongst yourselves much less to me when we go to uruguay argentina and places as such the ethnic cleansing for all intent and purpose that happened in those countries made it so that the african populations that do exist are so minute that if the wider white population wants to use negrito as a term of endearment there's no african there are no negroes that exist there to be like to fight against it so the population the wider european or native american population they can just say whatever they want to say and there's no real consequence up until the point even black people who exist there today <laughs> are probably so i don't what's what's the what, what they're, they're, they're just so involved in the culture that they don't they probably don't even find anything wrong with it 99 percent of people think this is okay so therefore it's okay but you don't think why <laughs> are there so many white people and why there's not enough black people to say, uh-uh, y'all shouldn't do this. So then we look at it from our minds or our context where I guess in London there are enough black people to tell white people to chill out and in America there's enough black people to tell white people to chill out to where they don't have to listen but they'll hear it. In in Uruguay, are there enough Africans to be like, why are y'all using Negrito? I don't know. I don't even think so. I would, I would love to know, is Negrito used in Brazil? As a term of endearment, because there are African, there are enough Africans in Brazil to be like, hey, I, y'all, y'all ain't doing that. So that's that's what I would like to know. But anyway, speaking of Argentina, yeah. by the way, you guys should look up. You know, why aren't there any black people who play for Argentina? <laughs> look that up. Racial that cleansing, up. racial cleansing, <laughs> racial cleansing. RC, RC, RC. Mm. All right, we did we didn't do a Maradona tribute episode um you want to tell the people why double h in bad taste you know i'm not you know it's 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 a it's a cheap way to gain traction cheap way to get views and also i wasn't really in the mood to even do it in my i just felt okay let me just do, put something out there on football hotspot i didn't want to wax lyrical about it because um it's sad it's it's it's, 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 it's sad man. It's, 
like I, I think eventually I would like to do like a Maradona special kind of like how we did with Zidane or something like that mm. but in the moment it just mm. kind of feels nah. Nah. just wrong in a sense you know it's especially now I, I think I told Half Hope this earlier in the week you know if there are people who lived in the time where Maradona was the guy then when when he passes away and you hear the news and you have that lived experience with watching the 86 World Cup live or you know you watched 90 or 94 whatever the World Cups were or you're you, you lived in Napoli or Barcelona or wherever it was and you got to watch him play on television and he was who he who he is or was at that time then I understand like come out and give your tribute give your lived experience tell people how much Maradona meant to you and all of that I was born in 1990. My mm. first footballing memories start in 96, 98, somewhere in there. And by then, Maradona was not, he's obviously the cultural icon, but he's not the footballing icon, like, to, in my mind, like a Zidane is or Ronaldinho is or Ronaldo is in that in that way. So for me to come out and lax, wax lyrical about Maradona, in a sense, would be overly advantageous in a way that doesn't sit comfortable with me because I don't have the lived experience of watching Maradona dribble through England or the hand of God. Obviously, you can do your research in a sense and you can speak on it from a historical point of view, but that it just seems, I don't know, just like you're taking advantage of a, of a sad moment for views. Mm. And to me, that doesn't sit right. So I just rather wait until a moment where I've done enough research to talk about it in a way that I feel comfortable. So obviously Half Hope's slightly older than me, not very much older than me, but mm. slightly. So he, he does have a lived experience in terms of, you know, the 94 World Cup and all that came with that. But for me, I don't, I don't have it. So all I can say is, you know, I wish his family the best. I know it's a tough time. I've never lost a parent. I can't even empathize in that sense. I, mm. I dread it, you know. Um <laughs> But that's that's all I have. Like it's a it's a terrible loss for football. But legends don't die in a sense. You know they just they just multiply. So that's the that's the best I can say about it. And anything other than that, I feel would be false. Yeah, I mean, look, man, it's like because see, because obviously my brother, who's obviously older than me, man, he's like it's man, he, basically the guy just he, he keeps sending me YouTube videos. I'm like, can you just please stop saying it? <laughs> but he just keeps saying it just because he's like, yeah, he's he, he's not happy, man. Like, it's it's affected him bad, you know. And you see, because again, because my thing about it was just like, because I'm so glad that I gave him his flowers before this happened. So just a week mm. ago, I was like, no, no, no. If the best player I've ever seen is Ronaldo, that's the best player that I've ever seen. But if we just say, let's just be objective, who is the GOAT? It's Maradona, you know, because just even in that 94 World Cup, where this was his final thing and everything, the kind of mystique and aura he had is unlike any aura any player I know has ever had. You know, because you can talk about your Messi, Christian and everything. They didn't have the aura where people were fearful of him, you know, when... People in the Nigerian team were afraid of Maradona because he had such a mystique about him. And for a guy to have that kind of power over players and to be able to inspire other players so much because it's not just about what he did on the pitch, it's who he is as a guy. <laughs> you mm. know, 
like what made him the greatest were his flaws that he was because see you you aspire to people who present themselves as perfect but you connect with those people who are imperfect you know that's a bar yeah so it's like Pele yeah you aspire to be like a Pele you aspire to be a Will Smith but you connect with a Maradona because regular people are fuck ups are imperfect making mis- mis- mistakes and Maradona made a whole lot of mis- mis- mistakes but that is what makes him it's why a lot of people feel more, more closer to Mike Tyson than Muhammad Ali because Muhammad Ali is just this guy he did all these great things he was bigger than the sport he did but Mike Tyson just messed up so many times, made so many mistakes. But people can connect with that mm. a lot more. And Maradona, always represented or not, he is like a real guy, you know. And this guy, he cared so much. Like, hence why I just say, he, for me, he represents football. Because he represents that passion for the game that I don't think many players these days have. Where these players, do they really care? Like Maradona, he really cared <laughs> about this stuff. Like he would do anything in his power to do that. So I just think that you know, him just going at sixty, it's like there's a hole in football. There's 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 a there's a, a a chasm, you know, because he was that guy. And I think my brother said it to me as like, even if Michael Jackson wasn't fully active doing anything, just the fact that Michael Jackson was just there, you know, you know that he was he, he was existing just there, just sort of held music intact once he just now he's fully gone music has just flopped so the fact that maradona has not gone and you can't always reference to him for me it's like there is a cousin because for me that is that is that is a football's face even if okay what player represents football in all of its elements the talents the physical elements the philosophy the psychology the mentality the character it's, it's maradona he represents like all the elements of football. The only player for me that represents all the elements of football because it's like he has the talent of Messi and the character of Cristiano, you know. And very few players had that where you are that talented and you have that kind of mentality and character. So, you know, there you go. So, this has been Talking Tactics Podcast. We thank you guys for listening. Um, we do it every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on the social medias Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, Talking Tactics 352. Um, where can people find you online? Halfhopefootballhotter.com I'm at Daniel to look. Um, remember to check out our Patreon. Um, link should be in the description. And yeah, Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.